Hey, welcome to the Thodcast, conversations about animation. And today we're talking about a new Pixar film. Hey, uh, everybody, we have a full house today. Happy New Year. And I want to introduce the cast. Anyone new who might be listening, we have the four regular Thodcasters joining us. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, from Augusta, Georgia, Jody Pulaski. How are you, Jody? I am doing well, thanks. It's a little cold down here, but other than that, nothing new, I guess, besides it's a new year. And this is our first, well, my first Thodcast of 2021. So I'm excited to leap in for this fresh new season. Yes, well, it is, uh, it's not a leap year, but we're ready to leap into this new year. 2021 um and also returning after a few episodes off uh coming in from also minnesota i believe uh, i i did not mention perhaps that i am your host philip elke coming in from northern minnesota but um I, my brain's a little scattered right now but um let us welcome warm welcome to hannah lee smart how are you hannah I'm so good. Um, I'm actually really excited to talk about Seoul. And I can't believe Jody said it was cold there because it's like negative a billion here mm. as usual. <laughs> um, but everyone's chilly these days. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah, it's winter, shall we say. It's winter in America. Um, and Dawson is once again joining us. Uh, the day I'm recording that we are recording this uh, is a new episode up on the Thodcast where it's just my brother Dawson and I riffing on Star Wars and Dawson you're coming in from uh, St. Paul Minnesota how are you today hello there I'm doing fine um I suppose it's a <laughs> bit nippy but I um live and work indoors uh, and I don't wear a jacket very often well weather's always relevant on the Thodcast uh, winter has come <laughs> and um, we uh, like to talk about things that are sort of related to I, I mean we're all kind of Minnesotan heritage kind of we are <laughs> um, but um, we love Disney we love Disney Animation, and today uh, Pixar Animation Studios has brought us a special holiday treat, and it's time to talk about it. The film is Soul, directed by Pete Docter and Kemp Powers, um, starring Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, uh, Rachel House, among others, and... Uh, written primarily by Pete Docter, if I'm not mistaken, who is a mainstay of Pixar Animation Studios. I heard something like he was employee number 10, uh, and he's directed other feature films as well. Uh, Monsters Incorporated, um, Up, Inside Out, and now Soul. Jody, what did you think of Soul? Well, I wasn't automatically excited about it because I don't really like the Pixar movies all that much and I really hate jazz. So when I first heard about this movie, yeah, it's a bit much, but I, I wasn't totally all about it. But then I saw the first trailer and 
And I was hooked because I love that question. Like, who am I? What am I doing here? Where did I come from? These existential things that we grapple with basically everyone at some point in our lives, or at least I do like every night around 2 a.m. So I thought it was interesting that Pixar went into these questions. And regardless of if you have faith or if you're kind of more secular, I think it's a really good story. And I think especially now, you know, with all the hard things that are happening in our country and around the world, it's something that, you know, kind of gives you a little spark of hope in how even when your quote unquote purpose isn't clear, you can still find meaning to life. So I I really liked it. Nice. Yeah, it does bring up some existential questions uh, relating to the afterlife and religion. I know they consulted like religious leaders and experts on this film too, just to try to get something that would appeal to a a large audience. Um, Hannah, what did you think of Soul? Um, I like Pixar a lot and I love jazz. Like I live for it. Um, so I thought it was really cool. I thought it was one of the coolest looking Pixar movies. Like I thought the animation and the color scheme was really interesting. And I really like that it was more realistic, I guess. I know that might be a bit far-fetched, but more realistic than a lot of, um, like kids films. I just thought that was really cool that they melded something. Um, And I know New York City gets a lot of attention in movies, but it was really interesting to me how they melded human life with like an afterlife and a before life and all of these different elements. Um, And it seemed very realistic to me. Definitely. Um, Perhaps since Toy Story 4, the most photorealistic of any of these Pixar films, um, even Disney animated films really haven't invoked quite this realistic style, hyper-reality almost. Um, and Frozen 2, I mean, was kind of a attempt at that with the sort of dark, gloomy lighting in some of those shots and then um, just all the just um, crazy, colorful landscapes. Um, what else has come out that's similar? Not a whole lot. Um, it had a similar color brave like the little souls almost reminded me of the wisp oh yeah for sure brave that is a film that will inevitably pop up in this conversation today uh (laughs) dawson how what do you think of soul well like brave i have almost no memory of it um uh i don't know why that is except perhaps early onset dementia as a result of lack of sleep or, or any other myriad of nutritional deficiencies um but yes uh Brave. Um, there was a bear involved and a Scottish woman. Um, that's about a surprise, about uh, surprise body swap plot line. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Soul, uh, I, I really liked it. Um, it was a nice Pixar film, and uh, I watched it, and it unfolded before my eyes, and it and it happened, and then I walked away and went to sleep and woke up the next day, and I. I don't know. It was all rather like a dream, I suppose. But mm-hmm. um, I love jazz. I hate New York. <laughs> did uh, w- did we watch Soul together, Dawson? Were you there when we watched it? Nope, nope. That's how bad your memory is. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, I watched it here in my apartment. Um, I, I watched it as a double feature with One Woman, 1984, 
And oh, uh, which I one mean, did you watch first? <laughs> Soul, thank goodness. I stayed awake all the way through that and I enjoyed it. And then Wonder Woman hit and I was like, what is going on? And my do not spoil Wonder out. Woman because <laughs> I want to see that stuff. Uh, yeah, please do. And then we can talk about it on the show. Um, Dawson, you, you did not see Wonder Woman yet? Nope. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Uh, there was like one note I made relating to Wonder Woman, but kind of spoiler alert, it's the plot of Buddhism in general. <laughs> um, but uh, I didn't see that note. Yeah, yeah. About, you know, not want, you know, desires and wants kind of being the pitfall of life in general. Um, yes, this film, <laughs> this film had a lot of interesting moments, of course, um, that made me go, huh, you know. Mm-hmm. Hannah, uh, um, I guess I've asked everyone so far. Did you see Wonder Woman? I did not see Wonder Woman. Okay, just checking. I only watch the movies that you tell me to watch. It's true. Right. She literally doesn't watch TV unless it's for this. It like gives me a headache. Not like the content of TV, but like lights from TVs, and I just like always have something else to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it can be exhausting. I'll just make sure you. Are watching in an in a well lit room, you know. Yeah, it's good to have a little ambiance, but like it is a strain. I feel sometimes well, the films that make us watch for this podcast are are mostly films that I wouldn't watch uh, of my own volition because my backlog of films is so disastrously unendingly <laughs> long. Um, there's just so many movies that exist and, and so many, cla- you know, the number yeah. of darn times that people have said. How have you not seen that or this? It's it's enough to mm-hmm. just make you feel like you haven't lived. So, um, but you yeah. keep us fresh on all the new animated ones. So. Well, Pixar is pretty. I have to watch Pixar. Of yeah, course, of course. Except, <laughs> what am I saying? I've never seen Coco still. Okay. Oh, me neither. I think. I think. Anyway. Big... Anyway. <laughs> no, no. I, that's a, a something. Something in my life died the moment that my like conviction that I have to see every Pixar film that comes out sort of broke. Like when I broke that rule for myself, I, I think maybe a lot of other rules broke. Mm. I don't know. Well, they're infrequent enough. Um, I'm a diehard, you know, Disney animation fan and Pixar along with it. Cause I feel like the big Disney animation revival in the most, in the current era began when they began adopting the Pixar uh, filmmaking philosophy and strategy um, so like the two of them are kind of complementary strands uh, you know on a DNA essentially the, the Disney DNA um, especially uh, particularly when, when it comes to animation so uh, I, I always make sure to get out and see whatever they're up to and uh, it's, it's rarely a disappointment uh, you, you've all seen Onward or no? No. Okay, Dawson, you 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 and I talked about it, and I really enjoyed that, especially the brotherly element. Hannah, did you see Onward? No, mm, I don't think so. Yeah, so that was the other Pixar film of 2020. Um, so Soul was very good. It has yeah. like a like a horse in it, right? Yeah, no. like centaur oh. creatures. Mythical. <laughs> 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 yep. It has all those things I like in it. Um, <laughs> It's a very Dawson. Dawson's big time. Except, but sure. except all, but wrong. You know, that's the that's the uh, you know. All right, there's an elf, but he's wearing sneakers. So. Well, 
they're cutesy looking because yeah. yeah and yeah they all look uh, you know unattractive <laughs> yeah i i didn't uh, mind that with this movie where it's human characters in like a mostly realistic setting um they're building this uh animated version of new york which i thought was gorgeous um a lot of very realistic lighting but still kind of stylized in the pixar animated feel not to the extreme of like um the illumination films like secret life of pets for example where that version of new york looks like crazy acid trip but uh <laughs> this which is accurate yeah i guess it does give you that um the impression um this gives a, a another you know its own kind of impression that i feel is fitting of new york the aspiring artist who is you know caught between sort of settling on his new job where he has benefits it's a full-time thing but also has had this lifelong passion and dream of being uh paid performing artist but has never really quite made that work the most relatable pixar film ever when you're picking between like full-time health insurance and like your dreams yeah oops yeah so how how many how many i mean i maybe maybe this is a very realistic i couldn't decide if this was unrealistic or very realistic for new york but he's clearly I mean, has to be one of the most talented jazz pianists in the city mm-hmm. and goes, I mean, and he has, to, and he's not like made it, you know what I mean? Like he's still, so, so I don't, maybe that is, maybe that's very accurate. I just thought. It was- I feel like that's the story of New York though. It's like, sometimes it's the time and the place. Well, anyone, all four of us have experienced something with like the arts. Um, and sometimes the best person in the room doesn't get the part, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think a lot of like, um, like theater, this is kind of tangenty, is about networking. And I feel that when you take other opportunities, like being a middle school band teacher, yes, it's to pay your bills. But oftentimes people get distracted by those types of bill paying jobs, and they're not aligning with what they actually want to do in life. And I think that it's a really testament to our society and what's expected of us. And now he's an adult and like, okay, kind of a spoiler, whatever (laughs) you like die or whatever without having achieved what you want. And then he feels like his life is meaningless because he wasn't able to pursue things because he was distracted by like, yes, his responsibilities, but also like what people expected of him. And I feel like in the arts, people never consider you to have a real job. If you're, She's like, oh, like you're the um, she makes a the mom or whatever she is makes a line about you can have something stable now instead of all just those gigs. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but those gigs are like what he trained for. And like, it's hard to play the piano, especially Dawson. Yeah, that well, like he's very talented. So it's all about like you're networking your connections and quite frankly, like what you're given in life. So he wasn't given like a silver platter. Most of the people that are successful in the arts aren't successful because they're good. They're successful because like their families had money and that's anywhere, but especially in the arts, like when you're a little kid and you're going to dance class and like someone gets to take like 
tap jazz and ballet and you get to take like one of those classes because you don't have the money and then like that family becomes more interconnected of course that person's going to become a better dancer or whatever and it's not that they were a harder worker it's because like they had the resources yeah yeah uh i i would agree with a lot, a lot of that um to to an extent i i wonder though about to be that good at the piano um i think in with actors you can a really bad actor can get very far accidentally um, or, and the, and, or many, many, you know, average mediocre actors can get really far. And obviously New York is full of, you know, everyone there is like a top tier actor, but I don't know, act, I, I've always had a weird time comparing acting to music. When you get into singing, that's different. I mean, cause like anyone can tell a good singer from a bad one um, or a good, it's a very special, special type of pianist who can do what he does, which is, you know, the, the jazz where they're make, they're all improving together beautifully. They know, they know everything about music. They know all the right notes to hit at the exact time. It's such a technical, theoretical and creative, this, it's an insane thing, jazz. I mean, probably as, I took don't know him, much you know, about it, but yeah, until he was around un- 40 to be able to even do that. Right. Which is why he's only now just hitting his peak. Yeah. I mean, he's presumably been that good for some amount of time, but. Uh, right. And like the flashback, he's only like, what, like 10 years old at the youngest. Okay. So like, yeah, sure. He would have started that late and his dad was trying to like develop those musical senses into him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like it like boils down to resources and like, we don't know all that history. Like it's a kid's movie. Like they didn't delve into that. (laughs) But in New York, you have all of this culture and you have like Tin Pan Alley and you have all of these like great musicians and like this history there. There really are that many. There are that many great musicians. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And he, um, you get the sense that like he has resisted his destiny in the past. You know, he didn't, um, you know, it took him some convincing to get interested in music. At first, he wasn't interested as a kid, but so he did probably get a little bit of a late start, um, like you said. And then, you know, he's in his 40s, but like he doesn't have a relationship. He, you know, he's that that was a very accurate sort of point about his his mind is kind of you know sparse apart from jazz jazz and more jazz oh and you know this person named lisa he's like oh (laughs) i don't have a time for a relationship right now i'm too busy and so it's just like yeah he's you know he's just kind of a late bloomer and that's just how it goes for some people especially in a crowded busy city like new york there's a lot of things that can get in the way um and i mean not only that like if you have passion sometimes like passion overruns like human relationships like sometimes if I get on a project it might sound stupid but it's my passion with princess stuff like I could care less who's trying to talk to me and like what people are like trying to like say like sometimes you hone into that and you just like who cares about a boyfriend or girlfriend so like with his jazz passion I'm sure he just like didn't make the time for other things maybe mm-hmm. right yeah yeah he's shown like even in one of those like um sequences when they're in the great before and he's uh, seeing clips from his life and you know kind of the standard like default of him is just him kind of sitting in front of his tv like I, i get the sense that he maybe did 
you know, procrastinate a fair amount. He he looks like the kind of person mm-hmm. who spends a fair amount of time just kind of watching TV like we all do. Um, so, you know, he's just an average dude for the most part, but he does have this great skill for playing the piano. And uh, that kind of propels him on this adventure. Um, we'll get into a little bit of spoilers. Um, uh, the part of him dying is in the trailer, but like whether or not he <laughs> escapes the film with his life, I guess um, we'll maybe allude to that later on in the episode. But um, that's uh, that really is the conflict. And it does. There are some twists and turns that make you wonder uh, how dark this film is willing to go. <laughs> and uh, I guess that, yeah, there are certain things, certain nods to uh, to different um, existential problems that might be uh, difficult for people to grapple with. But um, I don't know. I, I didn't really have too many problems with this movie. I found it enjoyable and pretty profound, but didn't affect me on quite the same level as maybe some other similar films. I don't know. Anyone care to weigh in on the... Well, yeah. I'm going to like yeah. hop in on like something because <laughs> I was like, I have to say yeah. it because if I don't say it, I will feel like I'm not being like authentic because like something that drives me absolutely crazy and I'm sure everybody who's reviewed this movie and everyone who's given their like thoughts on this movie have said it but like we need to stop turning African-American characters into like frogs and Pillsbury Doughboys like that is something that like also drove me nuts from the trailer and that's originally why I wasn't gonna like watch it Hmm. but I do think I was able to like overlook that and I still think like they had a really good strong African-American like lead character but like I just thought that that was a disservice. I kind of don't like that the only times they bring in jazz, like for Tiana or for Joe, it's like, okay, but like they can't be, they can't be black the whole time. Like they have to also be green and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That was my only thing I wish they wouldn't have done. Yeah, and that to me is sort of remedied by the fact that the character of Joe is most of the time portrayed on screen in his human form, like that blue spirit form. That that seemed like the route it was going to go in the trailer where he was going to spend a whole bunch of time in this mm-hmm. afterlife setting. Um, and that would have been really tragic. But they do come back to Earth only, you know, he's his body's flipped. He, he's now in the cat. And uh, Tina Fey is uh, soul number 22 is <laughs> occupying Joe Gardner. So most of the time you see him speaking with uh, Tina Fey's voice, which I, I mean, at least you're seeing that black representation on screen. Yeah, I think so too. I am happy that he ended up going back to earth to have those little adventures because like he dies 10 minutes into the film and I was like, wait, what? (laughs) It's just fun seeing like how well a lot of those moments play out when it's not actually him in control of his own body. Like um, this uh, character, this sort of wayward soul is actually pretty good at navigating situations on earth because she spent so much time preparing for when she might eventually land on Earth. right they say like she was mentored by like gandhi and abraham lincoln so like Mm -hmm. she's been waiting (laughs) she's been waiting and waiting and waiting and like telling everyone else no and then like yeah like she hasn't been waiting she's been like saying like no thank you thank you next Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Abe Lincoln was like, oh, all right. <laughs> She's the most non-committal person to have ever lived. 
Um, and Besides I get it. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, doesn't bureaucracy kind of do that to you? Doesn't like you're wanting to pick a college, but then you're told, oh, you have to take the standardized test to get in. And it's just like, oh, it just totally <laughs> kills the buzz. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I get really finicky when it comes to bureaucratic nonsense and just... I don't know why that would kill your buzz. You got a 34 on your ACT? Yeah, uh, like you're the smartest you person that was in our school. <laughs> but I, that's just the thing. Like, I, I'm i good at taking tests, but, like, when it comes to the enthusiasm and passion, I can easily have my bubble burst by just the most trivial things, unfortunately. It's no. just kind of my psychosis. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and that, I mean, that ties to sort of an overall theme of the, of the film, um, which is, well, what, what's, what should people do? Or how exactly. should they do? And what mm -hmm. should they think? Because, uh, I mean, and we see this all the time, a person could have a tremendous skill or a tremendous intellect and have no interest in it, um, you know, or like, uh, or else they do have a tremendous interest in it or they their passions and their skills line up but then someday they go then one day they go I, I don't know if i if this is what i want to do anymore or if i care about this anymore or if i should do this anymore or maybe i want to try something different or you know does it matter anyway um you know we all ask so i, I guess i've just i've been asking all the existential questions that this film you know like touches on yeah for so yeah. many years now that this film was just like though of course i, I don't know it wasn't it was passe like yeah. um and crippling indecision yeah it's an interesting concept i mean are you familiar with buridan's ass what uh no <laughs> what? oh we're here to talk about Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not I mean, this is a clean podcast, but uh, Buridan's ass is referring to a donkey oh. that um, starves to death because it's placed equidistant from two piles of hay and can't decide which one to eat from. Oh my God, you know who also had something like that? Sylvia Plath, like she's sitting under a fig tree, but like all the figs look way too good. So she starves and dies and like <laughs> turns into fertilizer for the tree. I yeah. love that. <laughs> I mean, like, I get that is like a real like type of a theory. And I think that this movie helps maybe, maybe since we're a little older, we've already come to this on our own, but maybe for people, you know, just going into college or coming into a huge transition, maybe this sort of helps relieve the burden of like, you need to like do X, Y, Z to get your happily ever after you have to have this gig to like, get your fantasy, like just trying to take a deep breath and enjoy living like that's the goal. You don't success well, doesn't have <laughs> success doesn't have well, to be relative, yeah. success doesn't mean yeah. you you win life um and sure success is relative but like you don't need to be good at anything you don't need to be great at anything you don't um need to even have a passion or have a talent um you can be a completely uh useless practically useless soul like 22 um and just enjoy existence itself well, when you say it <laughs> like mean, that, I, when you say it like that, like, like I don't the unpacking useless. to be done. Well, no, I mean, like, to, uh, to, uh, at one side, I kind of, like, agree with Dawson because, like, there is part of me that's like, wait, so, like, his gig didn't matter. He just wants to, like, play around now and smell the pizza. But on the other hand, some people get so tied into, like, if I don't get into Harvard, my life is pointless. I'm going to spiral. Like, so I think maybe somewhere in between would be the goal of this movie. 
Well, right. well, it, that's uh, yeah. That that was one the interesting, I guess, uh, question. Silver you know, medalist phenomenon. You know. Do yeah. you right? Because there, so there are different kinds of people. There, are, there's that like very rare people who they they work eighty hours a week. Um, they're geniuses. Um, in whatever field they happen to be in, they don't. They probably don't care a whole lot about social life or other people or family matters. They're probably single. Um, they don't have to be obviously, you know, but any number of combinations, that thing, but either way, they're just intensely driven in a very particular direction. And then there are people who manage to find a balance, you know, very brilliant, very intelligent, um, but family matters and social, you know, they take time for relationships and they, they have a lot of different hobbies and they have a lot of different interests. They're not, it's not that one thing. Um, and then there are people who maybe don't even have any real particular interest at all and just like a lot of different things and you know and it's like it this this doesn't say that one way of being or one way of living is better than uh, than another um even though i think i don't know i mean yeah those those that rare person who's just 100 percent all the time 24 7 devoted to like mastering a single thing um i mean i'm fascinated by that i i could never be that and i don't i don't think i'm a loser at life because i am not like that um but right. know, maybe maybe a lot of artists feel like they have to or a lot of or scientists i don't know anyone anyone can musicians Just, especially i i had a film. feeling this film maybe was like some probably was making some of the same points as whiplash even though i've never seen the film whiplash um oh yeah i love that as a reference point and it, this movie did have the main character as a scientist at one point as well so they it wasn't always a, a musician was oh, it originally really? that psychologist guy the norwegian psychologist <laughs> no it was like a chemist or someone physicist something like uh, you know someone who was studying the hard sciences i think a musician is perfect i mean my brother-in-law he's the a conductor of two symphonies and like i'm not kidding when i say he lives and breathes and like could not function without conducting and symphonic music so like there there are people that are on that extreme end but i i think mo the most of the people who are watching this are gonna like lean into the whole like i can eat pizza and just be happy with that i think that's what they're gonna take from it <laughs> i think yeah, yeah. and it's kind of interesting like they are these new souls are taken through the you seminar and like a lot of these things that they're told to appreciate or you know they're given as examples of what life will be like um in what are they the hall of everything or whatever you know they require certain mm -hmm. senses to appreciate them but like 22 says that they don't have a sense of taste in this place you know in the use in the great before as they call it you know the spirit world um but it's like uh, well why couldn't you taste like why uh why are you only limited to certain senses and i guess it just all falls within the fact that oh yeah because they have sense of sight <laughs> they can see they like, can hear yeah. the film the film had to make a decision on what what is the soul and what is the body whereas i i mean because people and i mean there are different ideas about um you know how uh you know, are, are, I mean, are we all soul and we just happen to inhabit a body or are like, are we all body and there is no soul or are we like, is, are we more, are our bodies and our souls more intertwined than, or are they intertwined to a degree and to what degree? could be like a gradient involved where, yeah, there, there are points at which, you know, when we are dead or have not yet been born, <laughs> you know, we exist in some, um, 
totally ethereal, ethereal form. Um, and then, yeah, merge with our bodies, but we still have our souls. And yeah, the, the things like senses are just kind of these um, manifestations of uh, these sort of illusions or whatever, just different ways of processing information around us um, that suit, you know, the way that our brains are wired. Um, and then when, you know, I, I, this could all technically be like, uh, um, what, what do they call that? Um, when you are on LSD and you have uh, visions that are very real. Hallucination. Like this could all be a hallucin, you know, oh. a hallucination by Joe Gardner. He's my scientific word. <laughs> yeah, he's like having a fever dream in the hospital. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, exactly. And so none of this is really like, you know, an objective way in which humanity experiences that's not what the film is trying to present but ultimately like there's probably no way to to prove anything otherwise where on his well okay never mind you had that character his friend paul or whatever who got harassed by terry uh <laughs> remember that part when uh terry's trying to pr track down joe in the real world and he accidentally grabs the one dude who's like that cut oh yeah, <laughs> and Terry tells him, "Stop eating processed foods, or you might end up <laughs> seeing me sometime soon." Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's fun exploration of these like afterlife concepts that um, that is part of our shared experience as humans, um, but we don't have like concrete ways of really um, putting them, making them known to people plainly if you want to know this knowledge you have to learn how to do extensive meditation become a master uh sign twirler <laughs> or uh, a meditator in tibet or berkeley or palawan uh and member those these are the members of the um mystics uh -huh. without borders or whatever um and, and a, lot, a lot of that stuff was cool uh, it just uh yeah it's very bizarre concepts. I thought it was cool because it's like, I mean, when you think of people as crazy, it's like, what if they really were in touch with like the other side? You know, I thought that was kind of like a cool concept because like, I mean, sometimes the craziest people, like they speak their deep truths and like, who knows where they're getting it from? Well, they're probably getting it because they're like sick, but I don't know. <laughs> I thought, I thought it was like a cool way of like show, showing that because it's kind of hard to like, oops, my dogs. <laughs> That's okay. Well, and maybe some of the new souls can taste the pizza and they can smell the smells, in, uh, you know, in the, the hall of everything because they are just more sensitive. They're more sensitive than number 22, who's kind of more of this jaded, um, you know, insensitive, withdrawn sort of soul. So, so she does have limited senses. And even people on this earth can claim to like hear uh colors or <laughs> uh oh, taste yeah. taste uh sound you know sights or taste sounds you know synesthesia is what that's called when you have the, that kind of crossover between the senses um so everyone just has a different experience that is what is special about being a human isn't it it's it's that it's what we can do what we can sense that 
we have no conception of whether we could do any of those things if we weren't in fact human it's mm -hmm. taste and sound and sight going back to the fundamental uh just everyday experiences mm -hmm. uh, those aren't purposes that's just Wait, everyday living what <laughs> what what hannah what <laughs> I think I just like totally misunderstood what you said. Oh, oh, I, that's that's fine. Did you say um, like humans are the only ones that can like have senses? <laughs> no. Uh, no, no, what? no. No, I'm I'm saying we don't know what it's like to sense things except as humans. Oh, okay. I was like, we, we, uh, none of us, none of us my, know. My like, like pita brain just spiraled out of control. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I was uh, oh like, no. Dawson? Animals don't have souls. Animals, animals <laughs> absolutely sense things. We don't know what it's like to sense things as animals. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was just like about to lose my mind. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. Yes, um, I mean maybe there are some people no, I'm who are. I'm glad clarified. Unless there's some hippie viewers like me. <laughs> and and there may be our wolf walkers out there who can astrally project into animals and uh, and live you know and experience their senses but that's not within the experience of, of most people um okay, okay. sure and yeah or we don't we don't know what it's like to be a bacteria we don't know what it's like to be a um a, a fish uh, again unless mm -hmm. but even if we projected ourselves into a fish would we be sensing things as ourselves within a fish or as a fish entirely i Always. As somebody who started an aquarium as a quarantine hobby, let me mm. tell you about fish. They can sense it and they will die instantly when you change the Jody water. knows so. everything about her fish now. Yeah, I know. Did you name but, but, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Well, and in this film, an ethereal soul, you know, can't see the points in living. The, the ethereal soul has to experience tangibility and... Um, um, material m matter that there is um something in matter there's kind of a throwaway line where one of the jerry's says most people who died wish they never did uh which you know could be interpreted a few different ways like does that mean most souls in the afterlife are unhappy does that imply like most are suffering in the <sighs> eternal <laughs> i felt that line no. was so obvious like i the the most the mo mo most people wish they never died uh, duh like i mean that did people the are um, i mean because that article was like mm -hmm. oh what that means is that souls you know really wish they'd never died when it's like no i mean because the line is usually i'll make you wish you'd never been born mm -hmm. um so then i'll make you wish you never died and it's like yeah. Yeah, most people people don't people don't want to die generally even yeah. if they have the best uh, visions of, of an afterlife. Mm -hmm. That's so weird. This movie made me feel better about dying. Like, I was like, I'm ready. Not, not, not like in yeah, an I think that's way. what it was supposed to do. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, like, I need that because, like, I'm very scared to die. So, like, I, I like the thought of it being, like, kind of, like, calm and, like, blues and blacks and grays and, like, the yoga music. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought that was good. Okay, it okay, we have to say really something. Mm-hmm. No, I have to say something, but like, I'm going to like pause in case Philip wants to cut it out. Okay. No. Something I like worried about when watching this movie and like, you can cut this out. Cause I could be totally wrong. Uh, like, you know how there's like the pre-life and like the soul existing before it like comes to earth and you can cut this out. Mm -hmm. Like I was kind of worried that like people were going to go wild and make it like a, like it, 
like abortion, abortion thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I was watching it. And I was like, I wonder if this is going to fuel like a big conversation between like pro-choice versus like pro-life and like the soul existing yeah. before. I know it's a kid movie, but like they still like they were in that territory and like my brain went there. They never, I was wondering if anyone uh, else did. They never specify at what point the soul enters the body. I know, but still like they were in well, the realm you, of that um, discussion. Yeah. If you're going to talk about souls and, and people being born, you have to, I mean, you have to ask that question. I mean, I think yeah, because with this all, movie, like question. with this movie, you'd be like saying like it'd be like a complete personality before it comes to her, you know? Well, I guess you yeah. could say you know, like, well, that, and that the, was interesting. Yeah. I, we can even talk without even needing to get into the abortion part. Just the idea that um, personalities are our personalities are 100% inside us when we're born. Uh, does that resonate with you? Do you think that's because that's the nature nurture, you know, argument over hu- over human behavior and personality. You know, do we do we develop personalities or are they there? Are they all there right away? And they just unfold. Hannah, what do, you th- I- Hannah what do you think? Oh, yeah. Hannah, you go. Yeah, it's OK. Um, I guess I'm like kind of in the middle of that in the sense that I think your upbringing and your, like your nurturing would teach you a lot of things and kind of mold your personality. But again, like, I also think it's a generational thing. Like, there's so many factors that play into it. Um, I think that you're at least, like, partially for sure there. Like, I think you are there. And then your surroundings and your influences kind of help to develop and mold that, whether or not they, like, change it in some directions. Like, and I also think, like, age. So I'm, like, far different than I was, like, at the beginning of college. And I'm different than all of my siblings. And we had similar upbringings because we all had the same, like, I have, I'm, like, blessed that my parents are, like, still together. And I have three siblings that were all brought up in the same household. But your circumstance, I do think, can change and develop your personality. But I think you're spot on in the, like, the base of it has at least developed. Yeah, I, I'm, I totally agree with you on that, or at least for, from my limited education on the whole idea of personalities or whatever. I, it seems right. I think that's so seems, much it psychology. Seems, it's like, I it don't seems, know. Yeah, it seems impossible to make a hard, a hard to, to know one way or the other, for sure. And I don't think anyone claims that they do know one way or another, for sure. Um, that right, because obviously our circumstances have some part in it, but perhaps are just innate DNA has something to do with it too. I, I don't think mm-hmm. you can say it's one thing all the way or another. I would maybe add the layer that in, and this movie doesn't really get into it, which is fine. But if you leave earth, I feel, and enter this alternate realm, um, you know, the soul realm or whatever, time ceases to really have any meaning in that space. I, I would think so it, you know, y- you have these facets of your personality that are being added to your essence. Um, and these are things perhaps that are informed by what will eventually be your life as it plays out, as you step into time after you're born and you know, you have a set of circumstances into which you are born on this planet earth. So um, I, I would say like <laughs> these souls, when they're in their um, youth seminar stage, are, you know, could be being influenced by the lives that they are about to live um, just as easily as the things that they're experiencing 
in the youth seminar will inform, you know, <laughs> the lives. It's it's a totally complimentary thing. It's kind of crazy to think about, but like I can hardly believe that the film had that in mind. Uh, uh, well, it should, and I mean, there's even a moment like when he's escaping the fretboard of death you know the he's, he's about to go into the great beyond or whatever he's on the conveyor belt and like he passes through this like um it looks like the tesseract from christopher nolan's interstellar like that yeah yeah the place that exists outside of time and you can kind of access any place in time or space through this dimension and um you know that's kind of what i see you know, if you, if you leave your body, you know, you could step into this <laughs> space where there, where time doesn't really have any meaning. So you could influence things that take place, you know, any, at any point throughout history or any point throughout your life. It would be so interesting to get the perspective of someone that had like a death experience, you know, like someone like on an operating table where they mm-hmm. like die and then like the whatever those things on Grey's Anatomy are called those shock mm-hmm. things make them come mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Um <laughs> like it would be really interesting to get their take on something like this. Also like um before like this topic started, I was thinking to myself I don't think it was because of it. But I do think the timing of this movie coming out when the world is so enveloped and becoming almost like uh, desensitized to death, I think that this movie in itself, um, if you slightly agree with the teachings or even just to kind of open a conversation about the death that's surrounding us all, especially here in America, Um, where the pandemic like wasn't handled correctly. I Mm -hmm. think that we have to kind of take this as a lesson to teach our children, if not to teach them these things, because of course there are people that don't agree with like afterlife and before life and all these things kind of similar to the topic we were just talking about, but almost like opening a discussion to ask your kids kind of like, what do you think? Oh, when like grandma or auntie or like whoever died, like, how did you feel about that? Like, where do you think they are now? Because I I was raised Catholic and went to like Catholic school and stuff. And I remember like my mom would talk to me about like, you know, every kid wonders like, well, what happens when you die? And I think that's something, yes, we discussed at school, but like right now, so many kids can't even go to school. So there's all of these things put on their parents. Mm-hmm. And if you can open a discussion with them watching a movie like this, which is kind of, masked in the fun colors and the characters and like you know there's a cat and like these cute little bubble soul people I think it really develops like a new thought in a kid's head Mm -hmm. yeah definitely opens up the conversation for good do you think Hannah overall do you think this has positive influence on kids I think so because here's the thing no matter your religious beliefs or your non-religious beliefs or whatever, even through science, like we don't actually know, like we don't actually know, like there is no definitive answer. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but I think that it gives kids something. So if you don't know what to say to your kids, it gives them like an idea to at least start exploring and like 
realizing that that is a realistic thing that happens to everybody and there's tons of souls and like you'll have your little soulmates or whatever and like it makes them more comforted if that makes sense that's kind of like deep to mm-hmm. say but there's so many kids that have to develop things like think about like this is pretty hard hitting but things like you know like leukemia and childhood cancer how do you explain yeah. that to a kid so if you have a tool mm-hmm. to at least start it I think it's a good thing even if it's not what your parents agree with mm-hmm. at least they can see these little like blue happy things and like give mm-hmm. them hope oh yeah we're all I mean kids are just small adults we all have to face the reality of death at some point and we that has to either be explained to us or we see it and we ask questions about it and that's what every every human being has had to do um since the first one um yeah and I I mean, I, I think most people probably think about this, but then uh, I did do an experience once actually when I worked at a gas station, I asked everyone who came in uh, for a, a couple of days uh, what they thought happened to them when they died. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, the answers were, were funny. Um, and I, the major, I would say at least half said they don't think about it. What? Um, and, like, I yeah, want to become other- that half because like, I literally can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, it was at least half that was like, oh, I don't really think about it. Or, or a surprising amount were like, huh, I never really thought about it. And then, and then the other half was like, you know, they had an opinion one way or the other. But yeah. Sure, so. like heaven or afterlife or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I guess when I was, when I was a teenager, I, I thought no one was deep. I thought like, no one thinks deep thoughts. No one cares about anything. <laughs> um, and now that I'm adult, I think probably everyone thinks deep thoughts, whether or not they talk about it or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm someone that like, I'm, and Jody knows this, like, I'm not scared to die. Like I'm the person where if there's like something crazy happens, like, like, let's say like, this is very close to home in America, but like, let's say there's like an intruder or a shooter or whatever. Like mm. I will be the person to jump in front of it. Cause like, I don't care. Like I'm not scared of it. But at I'll all. be jumping in front of but her I jumping still... in front of it. <laughs> I'll be jumping in front of each other. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. I um, love living. And not, yeah. Jody would scream. Um, and not in like a heroic way, just in like, I really don't care way. Like I'm the person where like, someone's like, I'm going to kick your butt or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh really? Like I, I'm not intimidated. And that's not like a tough guy thing. That's like, I really just don't care if I die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's like, I still think about it. So the people that don't think about it, that's so weird. Like, of course I think about like, hmm, like wonder how that's going to happen or like, I wonder what's going to happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, do I have a little soul bubble? Like, I don't know, <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. This movie put so many thoughts. Like think of like a five-year-old's mm-hmm. brain just right now is like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, reincarnations of popular uh, theory, popular belief among uh, a lot of people and i i think that also ties into like the multiplicity of the soul you know our soul has many facets to it and you think about like horcruxes and harry potter where you divide your soul through you know devious means but like that your soul can even be split apart into you know a number of different you know disparate pieces um it may, makes sense to me and like if you know maybe pieces of our essence will be passed down to um to others as well um yeah, well, so it's, I mean, funny to, it's funny to think about that in terms of even heredity like you know when 
what do we inherit? You know, oh, you, you look a bit like your, your mom or your dad or you, and, or like, oh, you've got their voice or, oh, it's just like, you know, you, 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 you did exactly what your dad would have done, you know, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how much, how much of a, yeah, how much of the people that come before us is in us? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it, you know, like, I don't know, it's fun, fun questions. Um, you know, it's, yeah, like as a movie, it just sort of, it's this big sort of little soft kid film offering of all these questions um, mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe some people think about all the time mm-hmm. and in even more depth and bigger books or harder movies, deeper movies, or maybe some people don't think at all. And it's a great, it's a great entry point to, you know, ask yourself yeah. those questions. Yeah. I'm glad that it highlights a lot of like really stark contrasts in the ways that humans experience life, because sometimes we do have these life-giving passions that really drive us and motivate us. Um, and, and sometimes those are only uh, an inch away from being these soul-sucking obsessions, these life-sucking obsessions. <laughs> and like the, when, they're, when people are in the zone and like they run the risk of giving themselves over to these things that eventually become destructive. I, I mean, I really related to that. I don't know about you guys. I was going to ask you what you thought of the zone, the, the depiction of the zone everyone i i liked it the zone being when they're in the when they're in the zone oh yeah and they're like floating above it i mean i'm the least creative person ever so the fact that someone like thought up a visual way to explain what it means (laughs) like to be in the zone is like amazing to me so like i couldn't have done it better Hang on, Joe. At least creative person. What you you just you talked about even minutes earlier about how when you're on focusing on your princess stuff that you don't like you <laughs> you want to ignore everyone. Like that's exactly what this guys. Is, like it? I'm the world's ultimate copycat. Like I'm not creative. <laughs> but yes, that's all. True. That's all okay, the zone. Do. Okay, yeah, <laughs> the zone for me. Like I guess that, that that's a pretty accurate description. Like there, nothing else exists except for you in that moment. So yeah, like I think they did a good job creating that. Thanks for letting me like hone in on that because you're right. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked like the moving sidewalk at the airport. What? No, Hannah. Like the zones. What? <laughs> it, Isn't the zone like this? The starry the sky belt. with the. I'm talking about yeah. uh, specifically when um when he start when he like starts really playing piano and he he gets into the flow he, like, and he like oh. it's, uh, yeah. And that, that that's sorry. a state. There's that's so a, many terms, like mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> it sounded like such an idiot. Now I'm like, dang it. No, it's okay. It's, we, we all no, no, don't worry about it. Just so there's uh, like yeah. the before, the after, the zone, the starry sky, like airport, like what yeah, the yeah. heck? The zone is where our physical world intersects with the spirit world. Yeah. So oh, Hannah, yeah, okay. I was just wondering if if what you remember of the of the zone scenes, if you like, if you related to that depiction. I think it's pretty cool. I think I'm also someone like if I'm really focusing in my zone, I think everyone's zone is like a little different. So I think it's really cool that they're very like personal. Um, but I am like someone where I will just like sit there and like cover my ears and like know what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like I, a sensory I, deprivation I, thing. Like, do we all do we all? if we were to say, or if someone were to say you were in the zone, do we all know what 
that means to us or like before this movie i would have thought they meant like okay first of all the zone makes me think of like the song get your head in the game from high school musical yeah yeah yeah. athletes it's a big thing oh yeah yeah so i feel like that's like my my style of zone you know like Mm -hmm. gotta like muscle up or whatever yeah i don't know yeah, yeah absolutely sure. music it's similar it's like when you're having to follow this intricate pattern of actions um, in order to perform a certain task in the most effective way possible and in, in almost achieving perfection like if you're playing music i mean music especially for me is like it was mind-boggling like learning how you know violin players like they don't have frets on a guitar i mean both instruments are difficult to learn but like how do you even know what note you're playing if (laughs) if you're if you have nothing to guide you on like this these strings of this violin but i think ultimately it's just like your body knows how to hold it once you get good at it and so like playing a note is just memorizing the certain muscle tension in your body that is required to produce a certain note you know things like that bonkers Mm -hmm. it's bonkers (laughs) You just t- you click you click into this certain space in order to perform these things like perfectly. Well, and I well that no that's gosh that's a fascinating uh, thing a way to put it because I I mean I've just been thinking about how uh, I mean the zone I I ex- absolutely know what my a personal inter uh, what am I even saying yeah uh, I have entered this entered the zone I mean every time basically acting um yeah or the night of the performance you're standing backstage the audience is in the crowd the lights go down you're waiting to come on and you just that that storm of sensations happening inside of you in that moment and then you go on stage and then something happens and it's uh, i've it's such an an other it's not like real life at all it's something completely different um and it feels amazing not not good in the sense that like you know, oh, you eat a you eat a tasty food, and it's like, oh, that tastes really good. It's like it's like this is good in a, in a different way. Um, yeah, otherworldly. But, but it could it it could be very bad. Like I I could have felt so in the zone, like oh my gosh, that was amazing, that was incredible, and then the entire audience is like, oh gosh, get him out of here. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the worst performance I've or, ever seen. I think there um, are things that hijack those sensations too, like drugs or uh, if you're. That's got to be what that is, isn't it? Achieving this at the expense of someone else. You're you're on a power trip. You're abusing oh, right, other people. Right. You know there there are certain ways of achieving maybe these sensations, but in an illicit fashion. The greatest uh, the greatest thing in the world is to drive out uh, is to uh, drive out your enemy to conquer your enemies see them driven before you ride his horses and Conan. enjoy his women um well get Genghis Khan uh oh, sure <laughs> um yeah I I I mean when I drive like I drove Lyft for quite a while in LA and um you know driving to me is kind of like that you just tap into the zone especially when you're listening to music and stuff it's just yeah um you can lose yourself to it and and it is very uh pleasant like a pleasant feeling um but you know it's there you just got to be careful to find a balance in life too or do you because that's where it's like you know would you have asked um 
oh, let's see, someone, some single-mindedly devoted person who invented something incredible. Um, yeah, uh, you I, know, Nick, would you have asked Nikola Tesla to not be so obsessed? It's like, stop messing about with electricity. It's taking up too much of your time or, um, um I don't know. I think Marie he probably Curie balances, and, uh, passion, you know, you know uh, discovering cures for things, you know, I don't know. You're, yeah. You're too focused on healing the world. Settle down. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people don't quite have that same purpose. Um, and it's just important to get, you know, everyone to appreciate the value of life. Um, but it is, it is easy to become cynical. And like, you do have things like children who've suffered from cancer or, or you know, injuries. And it's just, um, these are things that unfortunately are just part of the human experience because we are these kind of frail little, you know, robots, <laughs> monkey robots, meat sack, whatever, you know, at, at, um, at the most cynical level because we are so frail, but also we are precious and we are capable of so much um, no matter who we are or, um, you know, what level of achievement or, status we are as human it's interesting to think about you know because and hannah you mentioned earlier kids you know and uh like yeah all the suffering a, a child can go through and i mean you see this quite obviously in babies and then i think for the most part you, you have to really boy you have to really put a child through a lot to get them to the point where they'd rather not be alive i mean a child who's mm-hmm. suffering they they want to live so badly they mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I, I certainly did like the idea that life might not be worth living simply for the fact that it is life. Mm-hmm. I could never have conceived of that until probably my teenage years. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got to go through some pretty rough stuff, I feel. <laughs> yeah. Or just have a certain personality, too. That's just unexplainable. Yeah. Or a chemical imbalance. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. How much of us Lots is just something. chemicals? It's all just chemicals. <laughs> yeah. really. uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, oh, I'm now I well. Well, it's fun, yeah, uh, because this is so, just such an open-ended subject. But I think we'll wrap mm-hmm. it up here. And uh, I just want to say really quick, like, sorry, I just felt like we got into like a please. deep um, topic there for a second. Yeah. And I no, not the zone. Um, <laughs> I do think that right now there are a lot of people suffering with like mental health by their surroundings. And like, yes, as much as it can be like an imbalance of like, you don't want to feel like you have to live. I just really want to state for like anybody listening that like, if your circumstances are bad and you feel like you can't escape them, like there are hotlines and there are people that are going to help you. And I just like really want to reiterate, like it's nothing that's wrong with you because I think that's a really like, dark place to like see yourself and I just wanted to like um kind of mention that to like anybody listening and also like this might sound like a bit too far but like while you were talking I just looked up the number because I think it's really important when we're talking about life or death and we're talking about this pandemic and like not even just the pandemic but circumstances like right now people are being like abused and all these horrible things are happening and I just really want everyone to know like you're not alone and this is like very soapboxy but Mm -hmm. um the suicide 
prevention hotline number, like if you need help, is 800-273-8255. And that sounds really nuts to say, but I just think that like people need to take a breath and like if you need help, like call. That It really is just a horrible epidemic. I mean, you could refer to it almost as a pandemic, I feel, suicide. It is just way too prevalent, right, mm-hmm. across It's been rising in world. modern and Western societies, I think, more than any other um, mm-hmm. since, I mean, for, for a long time now. Um, yeah. Yeah, you never know who might be listening, who might be in that place. So thank you, Hannah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's you know, one decision you can't really take back. So put it off. Yeah, put it off. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. I don't know. Any other uh, Jerry's? What did we think of Jerry? Is he the little I, number counter? Oh gosh. Well, he, that was, was Terry. Jerry, except for Terry. I, I was oh. trying to figure out the the if there was the symbolism in that or something. Um, but I, I, I guess Jerry's just one of those names like Greg that we all find innately funny. It's probably... Right. Yeah, and Larry and Kevin. Larry. Kevin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that's one. I mean, I love it's because of South Park, like literally. I think there's a penguin show too. I don't remember. South Park Kevin. Oh, that's so funny. It's I mean, just one all, of those names. You go, Kevin, like they're all Kiwi. Kevin. <laughs> and it's so basic. It's like I know like 10 people named Kevin, but like it's still yeah. there. Hilarious. We have, we've got names. I think about names. Sometimes. Well, it's interesting. We now have names as archetypes that yes, are like universally applied as as like memes. I don't know if this was a Karen, 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 Brad, Brad, Brad yeah. yeah, you know, Thad. Philip yeah. <laughs> <laughs> means like cool. lover of horses, but I don't know. That's Phil is probably. <laughs> Philip, Philip is such a noble, a timeless noble name. Philip will never be. <laughs> Honestly, the when I hear Phil, I think everything. like Dr. Phil, and then I think of the Catch Me Outside girl. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful <laughs> connection. Uh, yeah, Phil, <laughs> Phil is, a, is a funny name, I think. Phil, Should I feel but... bad for people named Karen at the same time? Like my biggest Hollywood crush is Karen Gillan. So like, she's awesome. There I'm, are so many wonderful noble exceptions. Here's uh, the thing. Yeah. I think stereotypes are often derived from the truth mm-hmm. as much as sometimes it gets stretched. I think Karen is a stereotype name for like a middle-aged white woman that's like overextending her privilege. So like, that <laughs> that's where I'm at. Just, yeah, in- I think there are some positive attributes applied to some of these, you know, to like, it's good to have Karens in our world too, to some extent, oh. right? Like th- 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 this, you know, I don't know. I well, uh, this trying to play is devil's a path, Philip. It, well, it uh, it takes all types to make the world go around, but yeah. like maybe not too many Karens. Maybe like one. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, obviously, the a person who is being a Karen is more than likely not that all the time. But I mean, you know, some of us might be more bad generally than we realize, and I don't know. Maybe some of us. It's, sure, it's more Karen I or Karen types. It's just important right. not yeah, I to think, judge. And- I, always, I always liked it when I was working in retail. I, I did always try to at least think like this. Per- I, I don't know what this person is going through. I don't know what their life is like. I, you know, why they chose this moment to take it all out on me. You know, <laughs> you know, Dawson, that just made me think of, okay, this is so random and like, sorry, like the tangents will stop. Like we're talking about Pixar, but oh, that's fine. We're um, down. what you just t- said 
reminded me of this time. Okay, so I worked at Victoria's Secret for like years. Shocked. This lady one time, and like I have a, I have a million retail stories, but very short. She came in with her daughter and helped them like a hundred times. Like they lived in town. It was pretty whatever. Definitely Karen energy all the time. But the one time she snapped at me was she asked for like strapless bras. And there's one that's a push up that was right next to us. And then the other ones were not. And she said, I don't want to have a push up. I said, okay, the only push up is right here. I mentioned it. This lady goes wild telling me that I'm like ruining her baby's life by like telling her she has to wear like a push up bra, like going wild. And I was like, I'm just letting you know, like not to pick this one. I'm not even kidding. They left the store called the store afterwards to complain about me to tell like everyone that like I was like horrible at my job and like that lady was like decently okay still had like the vibes of like I know that this lady's gonna like want to return something or do something to me one day but I do also think it was very much like what her day was and what her attitude is which is never an excuse to like be nuts but hey here we are years later and i'm still thinking about that psycho and hoping her kid got a bra for prom or whatever it was (laughs) and hoping that whatever whatever sadness happened that that it's you know yeah yeah if you throw a fit in a retail establishment like if you come to victoria's secret and you're going wild girl you should have to work like black friday at target Mm -hmm. like it should be like a thing Walk a mile in the Fun. shoes. Um, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> lovely, lovely conversation. <laughs> um, good, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, and be sure to spin your signs if you are a retail worker and master the art of uh sign twirling or whatever that is called <laughs> remember oh the um what's his name graham norton is the actor he right, plays yeah. moon moon wind um that's his, name. Like, that's his name yeah moon wind um but he said that his obsession that brought him in it turned him into a lost soul did you catch this it was tetris oh, oh. yeah <laughs> i thought that was funny um Anyways, yeah, so uh, watch Soul on Disney+. Plus. Um, you won't regret it. It's a gorgeous film. I, th- I found Joe immediately compelling, appealing, sympathetic as a character, just based on his, like, design, and brilliantly played by Jamie Foxx. And I thought Tina Fey was, like, the most bland character ever, but, like, I think that was the point. So, yeah, I, don't know. I agree. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. <laughs> I think it was intentional because she's hilarious like and quirky and has like that slap comedy thing which was in the film but definitely she played it like boring on purpose i did Mm -hmm. i I had this thought maybe this is so stupid and you guys can you get it please feel free to you know think it's stupid but um like when the film was (laughs) over watching the film i was like so they cast tina fey and that character did not need to be tina fey um, that character could have been literally everyone. If you're making a movie about about passions and or like finding meaning, you know, hire someone who's never had a voice acting gig in their life, but has really wanted one and oh. hold, an, hold an open audition so that give someone the chance to have that story for themselves by getting, you know, I, I'm and I'm really I'm, liked uh, that. I love uh, when I obviously love 
stars that are obviously very talented and are fun to see and you know bring a lot to films but i also love seeing new faces in and voices and you know yeah, yeah. Perfect part of it is that Amy Poehler was the lead in? So they needed the to. That, uh, I did think of that. It's like it's only it's only symmetry. They had Amy Poehler and Inside Out. Now they needed to use Joy, Fey, you know, whatever. But well, yeah. and I think Tina Fey's name, like because of the work she's done, as much mm-hmm. as like yes, I'm totally on your page of like this could have been the voice of anyone. Like it wasn't a particular character. Um, I do think Tina Fey's name on that board sells tickets. Yeah. What tickets? It was a good choice. Yeah, what tickets? It was free. <laughs> okay, sure. That but was like, true. You know, and it can get other people to like sign on to projects. Like they, um, producers and like the system of like, you know, developing film or whatever. Like if someone says like Tina Fey's in this movie, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Tina Fey's in this movie. But yeah. if they say like Sally Sue's in this movie and you don't know who she is, you're like, okay. Tina Fey did help write and develop her character as well. Um, I, I found the character very okay. relatable um, because, like I myself, am very indecisive about things. Uh, so, I mean, I, I thought it was good, but yeah, just there was it was just kind of this, you know. There's nothing wrong with Tina Fey being in it. I no, no, happy for her. And, no, you know, I totally get what you're saying, and, though. Yeah, like it um, wasn't necessary to have a big name in a role that was like so like nondescript. Could have been anyone. anyone. Yeah, like right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, because yeah, people are like oh, Tina Fey's in this. I can't wait to see what Tina Fey does because Tina Fey always does something really fun and interesting and cool. And then uh, yeah, this was it was bland as Philip said, but uh, yeah, so. But then maybe if a no name had gotten the part and that no name was bland, then no one would have wanted to hire them. Mm, that could be so. True. Yeah. Anyway, and that's you know usually the lesser known talent will appear in the form of you know minor characters, and then they'll work their way up. And that's that's probably a good way to do it. That's honestly, good. sometimes you get these supporting characters that really stand out. Um, Oh, uh, about uh, the visuals and the animation. Didn't we didn't actually talk about that that much? Sure. But uh, what, what, I wonder what people's if they had a favorite bit because uh, when they go into the um, the jazz performance space and the lighting in there and the red curtain and then that zoom in on the saxophone and it's like, whew, uh, that that we can render with computers a saxophone that looks like that and gleams in the light. Oh, I, I was. Yeah, I, I know really what you're talking about now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like the was brilliant. Yeah, that was cool. I I did like the particle effects of like the sprites in their spirit form, because they aren't quite solid. They're not totally vapor. They're this gel-like texture that's really hard to do in CGI. So it's cool to see how that technology has come a long way. Soft round things are hard to do in CGI. It is because they're sort of like semi-translucent. They're not fully solid or rigid. Um, oh, it's kind of like that, the, they nailed that in Finding Nemo. And they, they did that in Inside the Out. Jellyfish. Oh, yeah, the jellyfish. <laughs> that, yeah. That's more of a, a cheat that they did. Like they developed entire new software and lighting rendering pr- uh, programs for Inside Out to be able to create those like particle um, character effects on the emotions and the way they are kind of these vaporous wisps um, themselves. That's crazy. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, they've kind of extended that now with Soul and and like the I love the design on that cat 
uh, spirit that we briefly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so simple and what happened to that cat's soul so it got taken out of its body was put on the conveyor belt and then he inhabited the cat for a while but then he left the cat and we see the cat jump up and start moving was I, the soul yeah. sent back into the cat or is there now a soulless cat uh time has no meaning in the great beyond so like i, I feel like the the soul just got re-assimilated back into its time body. has no meaning or that's uh gonna be soul two soul two nah one is good mr mittens find his soul <laughs> mr <laughs> mittens that's right i need to find my soul <laughs> instead of i need to find my son um, the ninth the ninth live oh that's the, it there is oh. eight more in the in the cat oh. so like he got rid of one has eight more is that too? Wow, that is a brilliant answer. I never thought of. That's it. That did it. I didn't Nine even lives. choose to start thinking about this, Dawson, until you like made me think of the cat's soul. So that's where I'm at today. Cool. All right, uh, now, Jody, you, you have a final thought. My final thought would be, like I said at the beginning, the film's exploration about the meaning of life and like the nature of the soul and the eternal life and the divine spark that makes us human. I love any story that kind of soaks all those things in, but I still don't really like Pixar and I want to go back to 2D animation for the next podcast. All right. <laughs> Sounds But I'll give it an eight out of 10. It was good. Cool. Philip's right. like, no. <laughs> no, no. Well, thank you, everyone, uh, for joining. Um, all right, we good. We can sign off. Uh, my final thought is um, if anyone even countenances that any of this stuff is in any way plausible and you think that people can go to heaven without following the right this religion, then you're all damned to hell. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because <laughs> there is only one way, and uh, you must bow down before me, uh, your lord and uh, protector of all ye hosts. Um, hey, man, there might be, you know, a right way. Or there's nothing. Uh, <laughs> Actually, what Hannah said about not killing yourself, who cares? Oh my god, no, there's you guys, no. Sorry, I went Nihilism. there. I went there. Oh you're, no. You're, we were about to wrap it up so nicely and then Philip had to tell a joke. No, a soul for best picture. I I don't know. I probably still go with Wolf Walkers as my best. I love Wolf Walkers. Yeah, the character work in that is just so good. Um I I maybe was partial to onward just on a personal level, but I I, I think came out this year. That's Yeah, right. Soul if that was nominated for like best picture or something, the rare animated film making into the best picture category, I think that would be cool. Um but we'll see. Lots of competition this year. Yeah. Well, uh anyways, no you can movies. uh let's see. Find me Philip Elke uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Philip Elke. Um Hannah, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Hanalee Ever After, or I'm very wild on Twitter these days, and that's just oh, Hannah Smart. Oh, All right, Dawson. If you follow me on Twitter, like I will come for you if you like say it false things. Um, <laughs> uh, no, be because of that reason, I'm not on Twitter and uh, ah! any platform these days. I am not interested in. Uh, the complete dumpster fire that is online human activity. Um, but uh, I think you're a wonderful person in, in person, Hannah. So uh, <laughs> um, 
and uh, no, no, don't, don't look for me online, please. I, I, I wish I wasn't. <laughs> I wish I was off the grid completely, but I'm not. So you can find embarrassing things anywhere, I'm sure. So, um, yep. Nope. Leave me alone. My name is Dawson. Bye. <laughs> okay, my turn. Um, like, if you're looking for me tomorrow, I'll be in Oklahoma for work. But if you're looking for me online, um, I now have Twitter because yesterday, like, I had to keep up with the big times. And so it's Jody Pulaski, just that at Twitter. All right. Uh, follow <laughs> at Thodcast on Twitter and Instagram, thodcast.com. This has been episode 67 of the podcast conversations about animation follow us on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify stitcher radio soundcloud uh itunes you can leave a review and such um thank you so much for listening i'm your host philip elke thank you all for joining dawson hannah jody and um may you all have a joyous 2021 um as always, have a wonderful week. Have a magical day. And may the force be with you. Uh, warm hugs. <laughs> warm hugs to everyone out there.